Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Retail. And this week, I'm really excited. We have Joe Spector, who's the founder and CEO of Dutch, which is a telehealth veterinary startup. Joe, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Great. So first, why don't you give us a little bit about sort of your background, how you got into you know the business you're in now with Dutch? Absolutely. The most recent thing I would start with is prior to Dutch, I was one of the founders of HIMS. HIMS re- really revolutionized telehealth and made it much more consumer friendly. Uh, we also started it at a time when telemedicine was not really prevalent at all. Most state regulations didn't allow for telemedicine. And I was part of expanding uh, our coverage to all 50 states, um, getting pharmacies going all around the country, building up our doctor network. And so I wanted to take a lot of that learning and translate it to the veterinary field where a lot of that innovation just hasn't happened yet. Interesting. And so what made you decide to go from people to pets? Just A, out of a personal experience, I have an anxious dog. I've had anxious dogs uh, in other uh, family other family members. And I think I just had this aha moment as Hims was maturing and going public. And I just realized all this innovation that I was a part of on the human side just has not translated at all on the pet side at all. And I felt like the opportunity to take all those learnings, this was the time to do it. And so I wanted to bet on myself and start this company in an area that I thought needed a lot more help. So as it stands now, like what are Dutch's current offerings? So it's going to tremendously expand in the coming uh, weeks and months, which is really exciting. So mm-hmm. we started off covering behavior issues like anxiety and derm issues like um, skin rash, food allergies, etc. for cats and dogs. And in a couple of weeks, that's going to expand to a dozen different conditions. And we also initially launched in eight states and we'll be growing to having national coverage pretty soon. And when did you first launch, out of curiosity? July 1st. Where did you launch in eight states to begin with, or has that been a slow roll for, since then? It's been a slow roll, partially because, again, um, just like Hims, when Hims first launched, we only launched in 12 states because those are the states that actually allowed for full telemedicine with you know, prescribing capability. So we launched in eight, and we've been expanding into additional states from there. So what, what are, like, with... I know with telehealth, with humans, there are, there's so much red tape. Uh, I was about to say, it's not red tape, but it is red tape. It's like very, very <laughs> yeah. difficult to to sort of make sure that everything is compliant and works well with the often archaic systems that uh, the health, that is our national health care. Um, is, is that the same with veterinary care? Are there the same regulations involved, or has it been easier to set up this kind of program uh, for, for this type of health care? There are regulations. Healthcare is regulated at the state level in this country. They're similar, but they're actually entirely different. So pet health is regulated entirely different than human health. And there is, like you said, red tape, but there's also just a lot of protectionism. This was very similar to the human world. Many people are scared of change and 
it is kind of still going state by state and, and changing that red tape and then addressing um, those issues of, of protectionism. And for us, it's all about showing that this is resulting in better outcomes, uh, better access, better affordability. And what is the current pay structure with Dutch? So as with HIMSS, vets are paid a flat hourly rate for their time on the platform. And that actually ensures that they're not incentivized to overprescribe. And at the same time, what vets love about this is that it gives them flexibility to set their own schedule. Absolutely. So uh, one a friend of mine is a veterinarian, so I probably come into this with a little too much pre-knowledge. Uh, but I'm sort of fascinated with the vet business model specifically because it's there are a lot of or I shouldn't say a lot, there are a few big conglomerates that are specifically coming in and often buying up mom and pop pet shops. And sort of the business model has been kind of uprooted over the last few years because of this. And so in terms of your sourcing with veterinarians, how are you, are you working with the big vet players who who are in pretty much every state or are you seeking out more individuals? It's seeking out individuals and it's been fascinating. Part of the thing I did at HIMS is grow our doctor network. And I, even that, you know, I we started off with one and I remember back then people would say, how are you going to get doctors uh, on this telemedicine thing prescribing dick pills? Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, I think I already had experience solving that issue. Same here. What's been interesting is, we're actually getting, without much recruiting, dozens of resumes per day from vets all around the country who want to join the platform. And for them, it is this ability to work for a emission-driven company, B, set their own hours. Almost 80% of vets are moms. And so they're looking for that flexibility in their life. And then the other thing is pay. The Average veterinarian is spending almost half a million dollars in graduate school, and yet mm-hmm. they're making eighty to one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. So they're making, you know, a third uh, of an average doctor's salary for spending almost the same amount of time and money in school. So the notion that they can set their hours and potentially increase their net pay is the thing that's been really enticing for veterinarians, and so we've actually benefited. And and it's been wild because our clinical director who has several physical practices, I remember in the early days was like, it takes me several months just to hire that additional vet. Like, how is this going to happen? And we right now already have 30 veterinarians on the platform seeing patients. Wow. And are they, and so does it work that they're doing this atop having an in-person clinic usually, or are, and are they doing it full-time with you guys? It's a variety. And again, that's something that's playing out very similar to what I did at Hims, which is there are some who work a night shift, and so they do this at night. There are some who have a day job, and so they do this after hours. And there are some who have decided, especially because of COVID, to stay at home. And so they're spending time during the day. So it comes in many flavors depending on people's personal situation. And so talk to me a little bit about customer acquisition and what you've been noticing thus far. How are you, are you doing the traditional online customer acquisition tricks, you know, finding pet owners on Facebook, et cetera, or are there other, are you doing any other partnerships or even working with clinics that maybe these, uh, these veterinarians work in? How, how are you approaching all that? Right now it is sort of through the direct to consumer lens and 
we're certainly on a lot of the traditional channels, but what's really fun um, is that there are so many opportunities within PET that are not entirely traditional. Um, I don't want to give away too many tricks, but uh, the difference here is A, there are so many issues that pets are having. There are also just, there's almost 200 million cats and dogs in this country. And that number has continued to grow, whereas the number of pets has essentially stayed the same. So the need is just so far greater. And, uh, but because there's been an explosion of pets, there's just more things that we're doing. We're going to dog parks. And so I think those, those have been interesting opportunities for us to target pets directly. Um, they are going to, there's uh, independent mom and pop pet food stores. Those are interesting places for us to target pets. So I think we're trying to find these really interesting opportunities, um, much like we did with Hims, where we would advertise in gyms, uh, these endemic opportunities of what happens in the day in life of a pet and uh, a pet parent and being in those places. Have you seen any resistance with customers about doing telehealth with their pets? How, or are you, is it the same that you witnessed at Hims? The behavior is different. So with there is a ton of desire to do to get help because right now it is uh, for a non-emergency appointment. It can easily take three weeks to get an appointment. And so you've already had an explosion of Facebook groups where there's just such a thirst for knowledge between both, again, the new pet owners who are just trying to figure out what's going on with their pet to existing ones where there's a myriad of issues happening. The user experience is a lot different when it comes to the telehealth players in human space. It's fairly simple. I lost my hair. I just want my meds. I don't want to have the embarrassing chat with my doctor, but I know the problem. So let's just fix it. With a animal, it is a lot more like a child, right? They don't, pets can't talk. Uh, and so the, there's more of a desire to have a video conversation and a desire to have a, a bit of a deeper relationship with whoever's providing them care. What we have noticed though, too, is the desire for speed to talk to someone outweighs the desire to talk to someone you know previously or the same person over and over. So like the biggest pain point is, you know, I have diarrhea, my dog is barking up nonstop. Like I wanna talk to a professional I can trust to solve my issue. That's like the most important concern consumers have. Do you have it set up that it could be that someone works with the same doctor over and over again, or is it more just sort of luck of the draw? We try to make sure you're talking to the same doctor. And because we have doctors in every single state, um, that's doable. But I, like I said, it's on the, on the consumer. Like, do you want to wait an extra day yeah. to talk to the doctor, yeah. you know, or do you want to solve the problem today by talking to someone and consumers generally choose to talk to someone faster, even that if did. it's not. That makes sense. Yeah. And are you, so like you have the, the initial ailments that you're dealing with. How are you approaching sort of the more nebulous things? Like you mentioned your dog has anxiety and that, you know, not all veterinarians are behaviorists, but I imagine that someone might, might bring in the, their dog to a vet to talk about that anxiety. How, like, is that, how, how are you building up for those types of things that might usually require more hands-on sort of approaches? 
So what's interesting is whenever we go into any area such as behavior or diarrhea, we're going to bring in specialists and industry experts to help us develop those protocols. So we have behavior specialists for anxiety. Um, we have derm specialists for uh, our skin issues. And they're able to put together questionnaires and protocols that a, a general veterinarian is just not going to get, like not have the training, not have the experience to do. So I think part of it is, this is like the beauty of telemedicine is you can scale these professionals. There's less than a hundred behavior specialists in, in all of the United States. So you'd have to be pr pretty wealthy and not like, uh, I mean, again, the access issue is just so great in, in, into these specialists, but we can essentially scale them by having them create the protocols, train our existing vets, to then offer an ability to triage and potentially prescribe some of these issues, even for when it comes to behavior. Now, of course, like telemedicine, generally speaking, is not going to be a solution for primary care. So for us, if we, if we see that, you know, the, the dog has bit someone, we wouldn't feel our, our vets wouldn't feel comfortable to prescribe anything for that dog. But there are many issues where it's a classic separation anxiety and it's almost better for the dog within the comfort of their home to get treatment and to be monitored than dragging them in, you know, or a cat even worse, like putting them in a crate uh, and taking them to the vet. So there's many issues where it can be appropriate. And then of course there's others where we can be actually a front door for healthcare, bring people into the fold, and then send them to an actual vet if they're not an appropriate case to treat with telemedicine. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. How are you going about figuring out what are the initial services you will expand into? Is that like just based on demand in your own internal data? Is it based on the you there are many more vets who are able to serve this need. How are you going about that? So this is kind of the framework we're working off. When you come to Dutch, we want to be able to help you. And that means you'll start off uh, in this thing we're launching in December with a video conversation. And that might mean you just needed to talk to someone and you're done. It might mean that there's, like I said, there's an ear infection, diarrhea. There's usually, a, it's not so black and white, like I said, as it is with hair loss. And in those cases, there may be something over the counter or there may be something prescription. If the, and, and everything is on a case by case basis. So if the veterinarian feels like they can get enough information to start you off on a treatment, then they'll offer that as advice. And otherwise, they'll refer you to, uh, to a brick and mortar clinic. I think where the next step, what we'd want to do is if it means emergency, like we'd want to connect you to that emergency experience. But our goal is when you come to Dutch, we want to be able to solve the issue for you in one way or another, rather than just simply say, you know what? Yeah. Sounds, sounds like you do need that three week appointment. Um, because for us, even if even if that's the case, we want to be able to schedule that and send you somewhere. 
how are you approaching that? Are you making, is it with whoever the, you know, are you making, trying to forge partnerships totally. with clinics or like, exactly. yeah? Yep. Oh, cool. Can you talk a little bit more about that or how, what, what they think about that? Do they think of you as competition? How are you like, how does that all work? It's been really interesting. I think at least for where things are today, there is so, like I said, there are so many pets. There's so much demand. When you talk to the big players, like a Banfield, I would say, generally speaking, they're in support of telemedicine because they see that this is a tide that lifts all boats. And, and again, mm-hmm. I saw that with hymns. At the end of the day, more people come into the fold. And even in our own data today, uh, we see that 30% of pet parents don't have a vet. And another additional 30%, even if they say they have a vet, they've never dealt with this issue before. So that couldn't be more of an expansion story of bringing people more into the system. And inevitably, they're going to need primary care. So I think someone like a Banfield sees this as a total positive. Do you think that they they are taking notes, a Banfield or a VCA, and being like, this might be something we bring in-house later on? Of course, the more the merrier. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to sort of sw- go a little bit zoomed out because I feel like the way you launched is super fascinating and makes sense with what you were doing with Hims before. But I feel like with other, especially pet-focused retailers, they're all now looking more into the services area with various different things. Do you think, is this just where things were naturally going to go? Or do you think this is in reaction to the fact that there are so many more pet owners now and that there is sort of this crunch? What do you think is happening just industry-wise with with so many new uh, services being launched specifically for pet owners? I think at the end of the day, with any business, you have to take a step back and be true to your mission. And if you're going to launch things simply because this is another way to make money. The customer is going to feel it and see it because the innovation is going to be so, what's the word? Um, trite, cliche, obvious, <laughs> Yeah. right? I think that if you're going to have a pet healthcare company and that's your mission is like actually solving pet healthcare, you're going to think about creating a business, creating products, creating an experience that actually leads to better outcomes, solves the problem. If your goal is to just, oh, you know, I have, I want to launch services, but then those services, I think, are going to just simply kick the can down the road. And if the consumer still has to go get the that appointment and feel like their problem is not actually solved, but I was sold to something extra, they're not going to be happy. And that's not going to be a a consumer that comes back again and again. So I think when I see services, to me, what I see from companies that have no business being in those services, it comes off in their product offerings that they saw this was simply an additional revenue opportunity, as opposed to the thing that they were really good at which was maybe the products or food. And just like, um, just like a, you know, I'm sure a, a exceptional pet food, right, would require continuous research. Same here. This is a very complicated business because it involves 50 different state laws. It involves pharmacy, 
different, you know, every single condition, when you go deep on it, like behavior, like diarrhea requires, like I said, a set of specialists. So it's not something you can just say, oh, I think I, I see an opportunity in services. Are you really thinking like it's, it, it is like essentially creating a whole new company. And that's what that Dutch is of actually focusing on pet healthcare and focusing on solving the actual issues, the actual healthcare issues that people are coming in for. So let's do a little forward look. Is your primary focus on product or, you know, offering expansion, rolling out into new territories? What, what, which of those are, is most important to you right now? And where do you see yourself being a year from now in terms of both fronts? So with Dutch, we, the plan is to be a national brand and the plan is to focus on services and products. And services and products allow us to build products that are bespoke and custom for that solution. So someone could come to us for just services. Someone could come to us or the situation they have may require services and products in order to solve the issue. And sometimes they just need the product because they, they're on heartworm medication and they just want to save money on heartworm. So by thinking about it that way, again, it's a solutions-oriented mindset, but it will be customized based on the in- individual case that's coming in the door. Out of curiosity, do you have a target for what you would like in an ideal world for the revenue breakdown between services and product sales? I would say more uh, 50-50 I mean, when I think about it and, and the other thing I'll say too, you know, we've seen a lot of households have more than one pet, by the way. Uh, yeah. So in some ways um, I think of it like the Netflix subscription where your, uh, your parents had Netflix, but everyone in the family got the password uh, <laughs> and sort of Netflix doesn't care because they're right now, they're happy that you're utilizing the service and, uh, and then your parents won't cancel or when they, you know, at Christmas time, you know, should I cancel it? And you're like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, so I think the goal for us is to have a low cost, single price option for, for your pets. And then the goal for us is on the services side to create a product that is consistently used. And then the goal for us on the product side is to create low-cost options for consumers. So in terms of total revenue dollars, products are probably going to be significantly more. But in terms of margin, I would say we want to be competitively priced on both. Are you already thinking about distribution? Are you thinking about like working with pet retailers? How are you approaching all of that? Or is the focus right now just building the online sales? So at least right now, we're, the way we're thinking about product is actually selling product that already exists. I think to me, a lesson learned so far has been that the products we're trying to target require a lot of research and mm-hmm. consumers want to feel like this is not a DTC company that just white labeled a formula that's not as good. I want the product that I want. So for us, the goal is to sell products that people already know and trust, uh, as opposed to creating our own, because each of those products has a significant amount of research. 
that's gone into it. And we want uh, consumers to feel like they're getting the product that is actually going to solve their problem as opposed to a cute box uh, with Dutch on it <laughs> that may or may not work. Would you ever do that? Or are you like thinking about investing in your own R&D to make your own products? Or is it just right now we're going to keep with the front line or, or whatever it is? I think in the long run, yes. But we would want to put the research into it to make sure that we're not just taking some off the shelf formula and putting a pretty box around it. Because it, like I said, the ethos of the company is healthcare and actually solving the problem first and foremost. Well, Joe, this has been such a great conversation. I really learned a lot. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and send this podcast over to a friend who you know would enjoy it. See you next week.